are excited here in Kenston Temple um, because we are a church with uh, many expressions and um, one of the uh, important things that we do as a church obviously is that we come together and we are preparing uh, right now for the second in the uh, cell celebrations. We have been speaking about that for the last couple of weeks. Um, and uh, like the stewards, if they have available the fly, you can see some more information about that in the Revival Times, just inside cover of the Revival Times. Um, and this coming Tuesday, we're gathering at Stratford for the next in our cell celebrations over at Stratford, where uh, it's in East London, where we're going to be getting together with some of uh, the expression of the churches in that area. Um, and also in the northeast of London. Um, and do encourage you to join with us for that. It promised to be a, a wonderful evening of coming together and just really uh, uh, making our presence felt in the city. We are a city church. Uh, God has not just called us to uh, Notting Hill, but He's called us to the city of London. And we want to keep expressing that. And uh, we're going to have a fantastic evening with worship, lots of uh, people presenting, and also. Colin is going to bring a, a special word to us as we break through in the city. So that information is there for you. And the following week, we will be coming together at Westminster Chapel. So please do make a note of that and join us. Well, this afternoon, uh, we are going to continue uh, the series we've been looking at over the last few weeks in the 2.30. Um, it's a series called The Power of God to salvation, the power of God to salvation. We want to see God's power released through our lives, even as we have been called to uh, bring others to uh, this, this wonderful salvation plan that God has provided for them. And uh, uh, so far we've looked at the topics, can, a gospel, can the gospel change a city? We've addressed the need for us to, to take the gospel to the city. Uh, we've also, uh, on the second week, we looked at the topic, more than enough grace. You see, it is by grace we have been saved through faith. The Bible says it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And we've looked at the grace message. Uh, and last week we uh, spoke about being convinced by power. You know, the word of God comes with a demonstration of his power and we know that when we speak the word of God God is there to manifest his presence and honor his name and today we want to look at the topic words that change lives words that change lives uh, someone told me the story I don't know how true it is but you can make your mind up the story goes like this there was an atheist who was walking through the woods one day uh, and as he was walking through the woods, he was, you know, looking around and he was looking at things and he said to himself, Oh, what majestic trees. Oh, what wonderful rivers. Oh, what beautiful animals, he said to himself. Uh, and as he was walking alongside the river, he had a rustling in the bushes behind him. Uh, and all of a sudden, as he turned to look, he just noticed this seven-foot grizzly bear come out of the bushes. And this guy just started running. You know, he ran for dear life. And he was running and puffing and panting and looking in behind. And he saw that the bear was getting closer and closer and closer. And he's running and he's getting tired now. And the bear is closing and closing in. And all of a sudden, he tripped and he fell over. And the bear is now on top of him. And the bear raises his paw. And all of a sudden, this atheist shouted, Oh my God! And time froze. The bear's hand stood still and all of a sudden, 
there was a light from the clouds and a voice spoke. You deny my existence for all these years. You teach others that I don't exist and even credit creation to cosmic accident. Do you expect me to help you out of this predicament? Am I to count you as a believer? And the atheist looked directly into the light and he said, Actually, it would be hypocritical of me to suddenly ask you to treat me as a Christian, but perhaps you could make the bear into a Christian. Very well said the voice, so be it. And all of a sudden the light disappeared, everything started moving, and the bear dropped his paw, put his hand together and said, For what we are about to receive, may the Lord make us truly thankful. Words can change lives. You know, in John 6 and verse 63, Jesus reminds us that the words that we speak, they are spirit and they are life. The words that we speak, they are spirit and they are life. And you see, the gospel is, is carried on the wave of the work of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in, in Romans 1.16 that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel has capacity to bring transformation and change. But God always uses a vehicle. And today we want to talk about some of the ways that God can enhance and use the spiritual gifts that he has placed within us. The words that we speak and the way that we use the spiritual gifts to actually bring the message of hope into the lives of those who don't know him. Very recently, our senior minister, Colin Dye, was speaking. He uh, did a whole series on spiritual gifts. He, he looked at the different spiritual gifts that we read about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, throughout that, that series, he talked about how we need to, to really access and allow the Spirit of God to enhance the use of spiritual gifts in the lives of us as believers. You see, because spiritual gifts do enable us to effectively communicate the gospel. They are spirit-led and they can be utilized to bring clarity of the word of God into people's lives. And today I want to reflect uh, specifically on three of these gifts as we uh, 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 go through uh, this message this afternoon on words that change lives. I want to look uh, uh, at what Corinthians 12 recalls on the, the gift of the word of wisdom, the gift of the word of knowledge, and the gift of the discerning of spirits. Now, very simply, very simply, I'm going to give you a definition of what the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirit means. And then we're going to look at uh, some stories in the scriptures that reflect this and how uh, the use of these spiritual gifts brought people to a place of conversion, to a place of salvation. The word of wisdom um, really is uh, a divinely enabled uh, capacity to act wisely or to, 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 to by revelation do or bring about the right things in a, a certain circumstance. It can mean uh, giving a divine direction, being appropriately led to act in a given set of, of, of circumstances or even just rightly applying knowledge but it is divinely inspired. It is divinely inspired and it works very actively with knowledge and discernment 
What about the word of knowledge? Well, the word of knowledge is God revealing to us by, by, by the, the, the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, his divine will and his plan. It's a supernatural insight, the capacity to know things that we would not know ordinarily. God gives us specific insights and it, it, it gives us the, the capacity to maybe uh, speak to people and point out specific things in their circumstance or situation which is revealed to us by God because we wouldn't have known these things ordinarily. And then the discerning of spirits is really the, the capacity to supernaturally discern. Again, this is spiritual. It is spirit-enabled. It is spirit-enhanced. We are able to supernaturally discern the work of the Holy Spirit or the work of the, demon, the demonic realm in a particular situation or a particular circumstance. And so we have this capacity to use these spiritual gifts because you and I as spiritual beings the bible says except we are born again we cannot see or enter the kingdom of god and we are born of the spirit so the moment you and i are born again we are a candidate to allow god to use us in this way oftentimes people look at spiritual gifts and they begin to qualify themselves about whether or not god can use them or whether god the spirit of god can walk through them in their lives because they think well you know something i'm a young believer i'm just recently saved i don't have enough knowledge of the word of god you know maybe i don't pray for three hours a day i don't fast you know three days a week and all of these kind of things that we can get into and think it's only when those things are in place that is when the spirit of god can work through me but the spirit of god is not limited because of anything that you are or any kind of sense of maturity that you believe that you do not have the spirit of god is there from the moment that you are born again and because the spirit of god is what gives birth to you the spirit of god can work in and through you and so we want to come to a place where we allow the Spirit of God to, to enhance and help us and, and, and be, be, be a part of the whole aspect of us bringing and presenting the gospel to people. And what we are not talking about here is a need to, you know, give people a full rundown, a full profile of their lives before we can actually present the gospel to them. We're not saying that you have to get their first name, their second name, their third name, their mom's name, their dad's name, when they were born, what they like to eat, where they were yesterday morning, etc., etc. And then the opportunity for the presentation of the gospel comes. A word, the right word, in season can change lives. Amen? And the words that we speak, because they are spirit and life, they have the power to transform. You know, I want you to write something down this afternoon. And this is it. When God reveals something, it's because he wants to do something about it. When God reveals something, it's because he wants to do something about it revelation comes because god wants to work and so when we speak about spiritual gifts it's not like you know a badge a blue peter badge that i wear because of i've accomplished something or you know i've, I've, I've attained something and i've got this badge that says you know i demonstrate the word of wisdom i demonstrate the discerning of spirits no not at all it is simply god wanting to do something in the life of somebody and when we understand that we can be 
in a good conduit in God's hand for his spirit to flow through and touch others other lives today I want us to look at three stories in the New Testament very quickly three stories of how words change lives how the spiritual gifts of the word of wisdom the word of knowledge the spiritual gifts of discernment open the, up these lives for the gospel to be presented to them all of them didn't have a relationship with God but the words spoken to them the words that can change life the words spoken to them open up the door for the gospel the first story is about a swindler the second story is about an outcast and the third story is about an intellectual all of them received a word of grace that transformed their life a word in season that made the difference who are these individuals we're gonna look at Zacchaeus the tax collector we're gonna look at the woman at the well of Samaria the outcast and we're going to look at the ethiopian eunuch on the road to gaza the intellectual these are stories of lives transformed by a divine encounter let's start with zacchaeus his story is found in luke chapter 19 if you have your bibles you can go to that passage in luke chapter 19 or you can just make a reference of that passage now we know that jesus had come to jericho from what the story speaks and uh, this guy had heard that jesus was around jesus was around he was ministering in the environment that uh, uh, he was in and he wanted to to see jesus that's all he wanted to do he just wanted to see jesus and so he, he climbed up a, a tree around the area where jesus was gonna pass by and we pick up the story in verse 5 it says and when jesus came to the place he looked up and saw him and said to him zacchaeus make haste and come down for today i must stay at your house for today i must stay at your house and so he made haste and came down and received him joyfully but when they saw it they all complained saying he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner verse 8 then zacchaeus said to the lord lord look lord I ha I'll give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore that fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. You see, here we see discernment operating. All Zacchaeus wanted to do was to just watch the uh, uh, passage of Jesus. Just watch uh, as Jesus passed by. He had never seen this man. He'd heard about him possibly. He might have, you know, had stories told about his work and, and his words and the miracles that he did. And he just wanted to see what does this guy look like. And so he climbed into this tree and his sole purpose was, I just want to see him. When Jesus walked by, he discerned what was going on in Zacchaeus's heart. He discerned what was going on in Zacchaeus's heart. And here was a guy who needed affirmation. He was a swindler and he possibly would have had a lot of people who were enemies. Because when this guy comes down and Jesus starts to talk to him, people got upset. 
So how could you talk to him? He's not even worth conversation. Don't you know what this guy is like? Do you know what he does to people? Do you know the kind of stuff that he's, he's caused? The problems he's caused for people? And Jesus, who knew Zacchaeus' heart, discerned that all this guy needed was a word that affirmed him. Here he was, just wanting to see Jesus. And Jesus says, I'm going to come and spend some time in your house. And that's all he took to open up the door for the gospel and Jesus Christ spoke what was this guy's need this guy's need was that he wanted to be significant he wanted to have impact and because Jesus discerned his heart he was able to bring salvation to him you know saying sometimes all we need to do is to discern what's going on in the heart of the individual that we're trying to reach you know oftentimes we might be praying for someone Maybe we should ask God and say, what is going on in that person's heart? Why have they climbed up to that tree, figuratively speaking? Why are they in that place? And as we discern, God opens up the door for us to speak a word in season, which then unlocks their heart and the gospel penetrates their heart. The second story is the Samaritan woman story. I'm sure a lot of us know that story from John chapter 4 here was someone who there were two no-no's in this story the first no-no is that the Jews and the Samaritans they don't mix does not work doesn't happen the Jews and the Samaritans were kinda like sworn enemies they don't even have conversation and worse still here was a woman speaking to a man in that culture again a no-no a woman approaching a man who was a Jew, a Samaritan woman. So there's a double no-no here in this story. Let's pick it up in verse 15 of John chapter 4. Now Jesus Christ had already laid the foundation. He'd engaged with this woman. He'd asked, me, he'd asked this woman to give him a drink of water. And this woman was blown away by the fact that here was a Jew talking to her. And it goes on in verse 15, after Jesus Christ had explained that he will give her waters of life where she will never drink again. The woman says to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have said well, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands and the one whom you now have is not your husband in that you spoke truly the woman said to him sir I perceive that you are a prophet what's going on here here is the word of knowledge Jesus Christ had a divine revelation of this woman's circumstances and so he asked a very poignant question which struck to the heart of her need he asked her, where is your husband? And the woman says, I have no husband. And then Jesus goes and then speaks about her life in a way that no one else would have known unless they'd had close contact with her. A word of knowledge. And this woman was blown away by this and he said, you must, there's something different about you. Those words could not have been spoken unless you have a prophetic unction and Jesus then goes on to talk to this woman and what was the end result of it 
this woman now being transformed by the words of jesus comes to verse 29 runs to the city and says come and see a man who told me all the things i ever did could this be the christ then they all went out of the city and came to him not only was this woman impacted by the words that jesus spoke to her and that her life was transformed but she now wanted people to know about this transformation about this word that she had encountered and so jesus gave a word of knowledge about her situation this woman's need was a need for acceptance her life was messed up she was looking in all the wrong places for acceptance but when she met jesus because jesus knew her need by a word of knowledge he spoke into that need her need was security she wanted to be unconditionally loved and because of that word of knowledge he was able to bring her to salvation the third story is the story of the intellectual the ethiopian eunuch story he's traveling from uh, jerusalem on the road that leads to gaza which is a desert region and the story goes in acts chapter 8 that this guy was uh, uh, someone who was of high office someone who was of high, a high official in in the egyptian government and he was sitting in his chariot and the bible says he was reading the prophet isaiah here was someone who was opening the word of god trying to understand the word of god but did not have insight we might describe this guy as a nominal christian someone who might be one of the 70 percent in this country who ticked the census form and said when they said what is your religion they said christian they might have had it in name but without personal faith and here was this guy and he even opened up the scriptures but he did not have a personal faith we pick it up in verse 29 of acts chapter 8 then the spirit said to philip go near and overtake his chariot and so philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet isaiah and said do you understand what you're reading and he said how can i unless someone guides me and he asked philip to come and sit with him this guy needed someone to expound the scriptures to him and so philip began to expound the scripture here we see the gift of the word of wisdom divining enabled capacity to interpret and speak into a situation and philip began to divide the scripture this guy didn't understand what was going on philip began to divide the scripture and he spoke about what this guy was reading in verse 34 the eunuch answered philip and said i ask you of whom does the prophet say this of himself or of some other man then philip opened his mouth at the beginning at this scripture and preached jesus to him and preached jesus to him the bible says in verse 36 now as they went down the road they came to some water and the eunuch said see here is water what hinders me from being baptized then philip said if you believe with all your heart you may and he answered and said i believe that jesus the christ is the son of god so he commanded the chariot to stand still and both philip and the eunuch went down into the water 
and he baptized him. Now some of you guys are going to be baptized here today. You've been baptized out of your experience of salvation. Here was a guy who needed understanding of the scripture. He was an intellectual, a man of authority. Possibly, as I said, someone we might describe as a nominal Christian. This guy needed an assurance. What was his need? He needed to know that there is value to his life. He was searching the scripture to find value. And because of the word of wisdom, Philip was able to bring salvation to him. And the response was that this guy made a statement of faith. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And immediately he was baptized. You know, baptism follows believing faith. And uh, you've been uh, uh, spoken to this afternoon in, in the session before you came, those of you getting baptized, that the reason why we're baptized is because we want to declare publicly our faith. We want to declare that we have met with Jesus and something has happened. Transformation has occurred in our lives. This guy encountered the right word in season. And the right word in season not only brought him to faith in Jesus Christ, but the right word in season also said, repent and be baptized. And he did exactly that. You see, we can speak words that change life because we are enabled by the Spirit. We are enabled by the Spirit. It is simply about opening up a door for the gospel of Jesus Christ to penetrate the lives of those we are speaking to. It's like a key that unlocks. It is not the door itself. It's a key that unlocks the door. And once that door is unlocked in the lives of the people that we are speaking to, the gospel can penetrate their lives. We see in the case of Zacchaeus discerned Jesus discerned his need to actually have significance and he spoke to him and this guy was able to receive Christ the woman at the well of Samaria Jesus discerned her need here was someone who needed security a word of knowledge spoke into her life it opened up the gospel to penetrate her heart and we see in the case of the Ethiopian Union, there was someone who was searching. By wisdom, Philip was able to expand the scripture and bring him to a place of salvation. Maybe you're here this afternoon and you have a need in your life. Maybe your need is for significance. Maybe your need is for a sense of security. Maybe your need is to say, does my life have value? Now I can assure you that there is a word that can open up your heart today. A word spoken in season. Because the Bible says that the gospel of God is the power of God to salvation. And this afternoon I want to give you in this place, if you have not come to a place in your life where you have experienced the transforming power of Jesus Christ, where you have experienced that complete and total encounter that brings about change, so much so that that woman had to go to the town and gather as many people as she could to come and say, hey, come, see what has happened to me. See how my life has been transformed and changed. Come and experience it. If that's you today, God can meet with you right here, right now. As we witness the public declaration of the faith of many, the 21 or so people who are going to get baptized this afternoon, we can also put our faith and trust in God. 
because he is truly the answer. Amen? Let's bow our heads in prayer. I'd like to invite the ministry team to come forward at this time. I want to do something this afternoon. Because I believe that words can change lives. Words can transform lives. Words can bring about change. Words can open up the door for God to speak to your heart. Just before we go into a baptism now, I want to invite you in this place. If you're here today and maybe you're having a question about the scripture, maybe you've been reading the scripture, or maybe you might be in a circumstance where you think, you know, I've so messed up, is there any hope for me? Or maybe you're in the place where you say, can I just look at him? Look at this Jesus. Is that going to be sufficient? I want to invite you to do something today. I want to invite you to come forward. The ministry team are here. They're going to speak into your hearts and pray with you. But before we do that, I'd like all of us to pray together in this place. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are here in our midst. Lord, even at this time, I know that you are here to reveal yourself and to meet with us. And Lord, I want to give the opportunity today for those under the sound of my voice who may not know you, who may not have had that encounter like the woman at the well or that opportunity to come down from the tree like Zacchaeus or maybe have a Philip come alongside their chariot of life as they're searching the scriptures. Lord, I pray that today in this place you will meet with people who need you who need to experience you, who need to know your power, who need to know that their lives can be changed by your word. Pray that you speak to those hearts today, right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. I want us to just stay as we are and just like to just give an opportunity, if you like, to just quietly just step out of your seat and step forward. Like I said, the ministry team are here and they're here to pray with you and pray for you and to minister into your situation. Can I invite you to come forward at this time? Is there anyone in this place would like to come forward? Maybe there are questions that you need an answer to. Opportunity is here today for God to speak to your heart. I'd like to invite the baptism candidates to stand up at this time as well. I have the baptism candidates to stand up. Now here lies the most obvious public declaration of believing faith. And that's what we're witnessing here today. I want to pray for these guys. Because in a the moment they're going to be through the waters of baptism, cutting off the old and stepping into the new. I want to ask God's grace to come upon their lives and that through their witness, that today if you're here and you do not know Jesus Christ, that that will speak to your hearts. The ministry team will remain available for you and you'll have an opportunity to come and speak to them even whilst the baptism is going on. Let's pray for these guys. Let's stretch our hands towards them. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you went to the cross and you died. You said that if anyone was to put faith and trust in you, they would be saved. Thank you for these lives that stand here as a testimony 
a testament of your salvation power, a testament of your transforming power, a testament of changed lives. Father, we ask that as they go through the waters of baptism today, that your hand of grace will rest upon them, that there will truly be a cutting off of the old, there will truly be a public declaration of their faith, that, Lord, you will fill them with your spirit, that, Lord, you will align them for the purpose and the destiny that you have for them. Bless them as they go through the waters of baptism today, I pray. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.